Greetings, Life Extension Advocates. Good to have you here for Longevity Now, the place for all your news and views of life extension from around the world. Today's guest, Dr. Bill Andrews of Sierra Sciences, is relatively famous for his research into one very familiar aspect of aging, telomeres. The discovery of telomeres decades ago provided great insight into how and why nuclear DNA and various cellular processes change as we age. So what happened? Why do we not yet have the technology to repair telomeres? Listen to this interview to find out what the latest telomere research has revealed and what the future might hold. Good afternoon, Dr. Andrews, and welcome to Longevity Now. Uh, I'm very glad to be here. Thank you. Yeah, the first question I have for you is, how did you first become interested in extreme life extension, and how did that lead you down the path to create Sierra Sciences? Well, I kind of grew up with it. I can remember when I was as young as 10 years old, my father telling me that when I grew up, I should become a doctor and try to find a cure for aging. He was really frustrated. He, back even 50 years ago, he would tell me, I don't understand why nobody's done that yet. So uh, I, I just grew up with that idea that that sounds like something I'd really like to do. And all through high school, college, graduate school, that was my mission, was to find a cure for aging. And so here I am now, still doing it. Well, that is pretty amazing. That's a story that I haven't heard very often. And it makes me wonder... Now, your father thought, you know, perhaps he was a very science-minded person. He thought, well, why can't we engineer and end to aging and diseases? And it's strange that even 50 years ago, he was asking you that question or setting you on kind of that pathway. How come many other people haven't also been impressed that way? If that was already happening 50 years ago, what do you think? I'm, I'm completely baffled by that one. I ask myself that question all the time because... My father used the term cure aging 50 years ago. And nowadays when I say something to people like I'm trying to cure aging, they act like they don't understand what I'm talking about. Aging is too natural. It's not something they need to cure. You know, I don't really get into the semantics of what it means to cure something or what a disease is and stuff like that. All I know is that when we do come up with a cure for it, people are going to say it was a disease and we did cure it. I don't understand why people didn't, you know, everybody else wasn't like my father. Yeah. Um, and I didn't, I didn't really know that until years later. Yeah, it's baffling to me as well. Well, eventually you did end up founding Sierra Sciences, and that has led you on the research path of telomeres. And I was just wondering, what are the most important recent developments you've seen in telomere or telomerase research and science? Well, I'd say that the biggest most important development lately has been the age reversal in mice that was done by Dr. Rhonda Pennell. He actually turned old mice into young mice by several different biomarkers of aging they looked at. Another big thing was the extension of maximum lifespan in mice by Dr. Maria Blasco. She didn't just extend the average lifespan, she extended the maximum lifespan by um, infecting the mice with uh, engineered viruses, so using a gene therapy approach. That, that uh, recent research, though, uh, then would seem to cement the fact that telomeres aren't just merely markers of aging or health, that the loss of telomeres is really a key part of aging, because there are a few people who think that perhaps they are just markers of aging, 
and if you extend the telomeres, that you aren't really doing anything to reduce the fundamental process of aging, but you would say the opposite. Is that correct? No, I wouldn't. Not yet. I would say we still don't know. That's why I often say that when I run a seven-minute mile at 103 years old, then I'm going to know that uh, we've actually figured out how to affect the aging process. There's too many things, like just health-related things, that can be confounded with aging. Have you just done something to make somebody healthier or a mouse healthier, or have you actually affected the aging process? So it's um, not 100% uh, you know, settled science here, then, uh, you would admit, and you'd say uh, at one potential avenue that uh, could help ex- uh, rejuvenate people or help people live longer and healthier. I would say that the jury's not out. I'm just a big proponent of this is where a lot of research is worth being spent because I have high hopes that this might end up leading to something that cures pain. We don't know until the science proves it. Okay. It hasn't done so yet. Okay, and some people would think that perhaps because short telomeres make cells go senescent, that by extending telomeres once again, that perhaps you would reduce a aspect of senescence, which is pretty common in aging mammals. Is that the main way you think extending telomeres would help make people healthier or perhaps rejuvenate them by just removing that source of senescence? Let me say that there is definitely a correlation between the length of the telomere and the fact that a cell goes into senescence. Instead of you know focusing on senescence, just the cells actually lose the ability to function when telomeres get really short. And so our bodies can't function when if all of our telomeres get really short. So no matter what we do to try to figure out how to cure aging, nothing's going to work if we haven't figured out how to prevent telomere shorting. And so I've got it. That's why I'm spending most of my effort on doing that, and hopefully others are doing just as hard a work on other ways of curing aging. Just as I said, nothing's going to work unless we figure out a way to prevent tumor shorting. That's, that's going to doom us all to begin with. And you would say the bulk of the evidence then shows that cells just, there's hardly a cell that can function properly once the telomeres are shortened to a certain extent or they're gone. Right. I've never heard of a cell functioning very well normally after the telomeres got really, really short. All right. And then how about other direct interventions toward aging, reducing uh, aging or rejuvenating organisms? There are a lot of different pathways that could be chosen. Now, you chose the telomere and telomerase pathway. Why would you choose that as a, as a method over, say, the sirtuin or AMPK pathways for enhancing longevity? Let's say that if somebody else wasn't working on those, I'd probably be working on those too, but uh, I'm glad people are working on everything. But a lot of evidence is pointing towards the idea that sirtuin and other, other different pathways probably wouldn't be a problem if telomeres stayed long. You know, there's just some belief, not, not proof yet, that, that everything's connected to the telomere. So uh, all the other things might only happen when the telomeres get short. One thing that I think is a really worthwhile research that's going on right now, and I think it's turning out to be pretty exciting, is the stem cell stuff. But again, I, I think of stem cells as just an alternate way of providing your body with cells that have long telomeres. And so it still comes back down to the telomeres. It seems like everything gets backtracked to telomeres. Yeah, and, and then you know, would, like, you, would you then reference that recent mouse data as being kind of solid evidence 
that, hey, you reset the telomeres and all of a sudden things start looking all that better across many different aging pathways. Yeah, I think both studies have done that. Even the studies just in human cells have said keeping telomeres long is good. I've never heard of anybody showing any data saying that there's a problem with having telomeres too long. So it's uh, just telomeres seem to improve the health of cells and short telomeres seem to wreak havoc on cells. Okay, then what would you say, I know one of the main arguments against extending telomeres is perhaps inducing cancer in older organisms. And I'm unsure if I've ever seen conclusive research that would say that it is the case. It makes intuitive sense that perhaps you could have cancer trouble uh, in an older organism if you're extending telomeres. Do you know of any research or have you heard any further theory on that? Again, the jury isn't 100% out on that, but I haven't seen a single scientific publication in the last eight years even suggesting that turning on telomerase would cause cancer. But there's been hundreds of publications showing that lack of telomerase causes cancer. The simple fact that short telomeres can induce all kinds of chromosomal rearrangements and mutations is a big cause of creating cancers. So keeping telomeres long is a good way to prevent cancers. There's still, what about the person that already has cancer? In those cases, I believe our number one defense against cancer is our immune system. And a lot of times, people get cancers when their immune system gets weak. Mm -hmm. A classic example is AIDS patients. When their telomeres get really short because of the uh, HIV causing accelerated telomere shortening in the immune cells, then they get cancer all over the place, you know, most notably Kaposi's sarcoma. So keeping telomeres long in immune cells or lengthening the telomeres in immune cells would be one of the best ways to fight cancers. Okay. But uh, there hasn't been any data su- suggesting that telomerase causes cancer in, in eight years. All right, next question. You mentioned stem cells, and of course we're talking a lot about telomeres here. Outside of those areas, what's the most exciting longevity research you've seen lately? You know, I can only think of stem cells. I, I believe that humans are really not as sensitive to oxidative stress and mitochondria dysfunction as mice are. We have like 10 times the level of antioxidants than mice do. And when we stress ourselves, our levels of antioxidants go up. So I believe that the, if you live a healthy lifestyle, you're okay. I think smokers and obese people are tremendously affected by oxidative stress, and it probably shortens their lifespan. I really don't see anything else coming along here that's directly applicable to humans until we solve the telomere shortening problem. And then I think those other things are going to become important. Okay. Um, All right. Well, you mentioned oxidative damage and, of course, telomere shortening. And that kind of relates to some of the damage theories of aging, I would say. Do you uh, have any particular favorite or any uh, particular theory of aging that you lean on most heavily? Is it the damage theory of uh, aging? We've got, you know, many people promoting programmed theories of aging, which is, I guess, kind of related to the telomere shortening, right? And you've got evolutionary theories of aging. What would you say you find the most fruitful theory? Well, you're probably not going to like my answer to this one. I believe in all the theories. I don't rank it. You know, if I had to pick a theory that I really like, it's the theory that Jeff Bowles one time proposed, and that's that we have a thousand things causing us to age, and each one of those can be thought of as like a stick of dynamite burning inside of our cells. But really what 
we should be focusing on is what's the stick of dynamite that has the shortest fuse right now. Okay. And I believe it's telomeres right now. It's the shortest fuse in humans, whereas oxidative stress and mitochondria dysfunction are the shortest fuses in mice. So once we put out that burning fuse of telomere shortening, then I believe humans are going to be suffering a lot from oxidative stress and mitochondria dysfunction. And we're going to be maybe live, start living 150 years old and all die from oxidative stress mm -hmm. like mice do. Okay. But, uh, but I've got, that gives me another 50 years to work on solving that problem. <laughs> yes, that's right. And back to a little idea that was brought up earlier about convincing more of the world that anti-aging and rejuvenation research is a valuable thing to pursue. It seems like it's taken a long time to get just the few number of researchers that we have working on it right now. You've visited many areas of the world and talked to a lot of different researchers. Uh, what do you think is the biggest stumbling block to getting more people uh, involved? I'd say the quacks and charlatans that exist. I mean, the anti-aging world has been probably more full of quacks and charlatans than any other profession there's ever been. And it's gotten a lot of people just to not believe anything real. So now that I think true science is coming along in a lot, not just telomeres, but a lot of different areas of aging, I think the populace is just not accepting it yet uh, because of the history of so many products uh, being on the market that just absolutely don't work. Yeah, that does uh, that does make sense. How about on the research end of things? What is holding back more progress in research? Is it mainly money? Is it the number of people working, man hours, or is it lack of ideas? No, it's definitely money. It's the lack of funding. Yeah, we we keep hearing all kinds of breakthroughs in the news: cure for cancer, cure for this, cure for you know all kinds of things. And then people wonder later, well, how, whatever happened to that? Those people must not have known what they were talking about. Well, you know, I'm, I'm sure there are some people out there that were charlatans, but the biggest problem is that everybody thinks that the government is funding all this stuff. You know, the government's spending billions of dollars to find other planets out in the universe that can support human life, and they're, they're spending billions of dollars trying to get people to go to Mars, and they're spending billions of dollars trying to figure out how they... The universe began. They aren't spending that much money on, especially aging. Uh, that all has to come from private funding, and wealthy people out there that can afford to do it just don't realize how how their role in this is so important. Getting the funding is a number one thing. I know a lot of really really smart people in medical research, cancer, aging, heart disease, everything that can't get the funding. And then large pharma, they only invest in the research that is already in clinical studies. It's not 20 years ago they would invest in the basic research, but not anymore. They invest in the things that are in clinical studies, and so the, the really great ideas are being passed up. Yeah, again, it's funding. We need to find a, a way to support all these medical okay. I'm not focusing on aging everything. Sure. Uh, and then uh, speaking of funding, what's the most important lesson that you learned through the startup of Sierra Sciences? Do you have any advice for any budding entrepreneurs out there? I have one big thing to say, and that's never stop marketing your company. Even if your investors tell you that you never have to worry about funding again. That was, I'd say, the big problem that I had is that I did have very wealthy investors who were putting all the money into the company that I needed. We were making a lot of really fast progress, and they kept saying, don't worry about marketing. Don't worry about trying to develop other products to bring in revenue because we will fund everything you need. And then when the economic crisis hit in about 2008, 
they got hit pretty hard and lost their ability to fund anymore. And we got caught with our pants down. Mm. Don't let anybody ever tell you, just keep marketing, keep promoting yourself, keep promoting your company. I didn't want to do any of that stuff. I was happy not to because I just wanted to work at the lab bench. But when you were visiting Reno in 2001, you never heard of us because we were staying under the radar. We weren't trying to advertise ourselves at all. Not until after the economic crisis hit and suddenly we needed to find other sources of funding. Okay. Well, that sounds like some good advice there. Uh, Is there anything else you'd like to promote before we end here? Uh, A paper, a publication that's coming out soon, uh, some media, uh, or perhaps a conference you might be at? Boy, really all I want to do is I I want to uh, promote the idea that people should learn about telomeres, the importance of telomeres. And they've got it sewn out all the crap that's out there. Look at the real science. See what's really happening because I, I consider myself an unbiased scientist. I'm in the field of telomeres just because telomeres are showing so much promise. But I don't understand why there's people out there that still have reservations out there, but I think it's because they're not looking at the real science out there. So that's all I want to promote is that people look at the importance of telomeres. All right. Well, we'll see if we can do that a bit more in the future. And uh, Dr. Andrews, I'd like to thank you very much for joining us on Longevity Now. All right. Thank you. Well, once again, a clarion call for more understanding of the underlying science and for support, especially of the monetary kind. Keep that in mind when your favorite life extension organization holds various fundraisers later this year, such as Longevity. A few dollars here and there can add up to a lot in the nascent field of anti-aging and rejuvenation. Your contributions, whether intellectual or monetary, can make a big impact. Also, feel free to contribute to the various telomere discussions in the Longevity forums. The more minds focusing on the problem, the sooner we will find out whether restoring telomeres has a large effect on cellular aging. Until next time, I'm Justin Lowe.